Look out, there are spoilers ahead this week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Yes, we are getting into all the spoilery details of Birds of Prey. None of us are walking out of here unless we work together. With you. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Isn't this fun? It's just like a sleepover. <gasps> we should order pizza. Make cosmos. Harley, focus. Okay. I'm the one they should be scared of. Boom! Because I'm Harley freaking Quinn. That's this week in the cinema. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell and I'll be your host, but you can call me Cambo. Joining me as always is Vari McIntyre. And you can call me Vari. Hello. And Dan Miranda. <laughs> hey. Now, do you hear that sound? That is our official spoiler alert because we're about to get into Birds of Prey. So if you haven't seen the film, hit pause, go and watch it and come back. We'll be here waiting. But without any further ado, let's get into the film. A fresh start, a chance to be my own woman. <laughs> but being Harley Quinn ain't as easy as it looks. I wasn't the only dame in Gotham looking for emancipation. I'm the one they should be scared of because I'm Harley freaking Quinn. Last episode, we talked all about Birds of Prey, but we couldn't get into the details for fear of spoiling it for the fans. The movie itself was a little bit divisive, and now, in a spoiler-filled review, we can get into why. All right, so if you've forgotten, let's just go back over what happens in Birds of Prey. It's told from Harley Quinn's perspective. She's just broken up with the Joker, and everyone in Gotham seems to be out to kill her because she doesn't have a man protecting her. So she takes a job from Roman Sionis, and that is to retrieve a diamond stolen by Cassandra. She swallowed that. And then she crosses paths with these three other storylines of Black Canary, Huntress, and the cop called Renee Montoya. And towards the end, they all have to team up and actually take down Roman and save the kid. Yes. Now, obviously, now that everyone has seen it, we can talk a little bit more about Mm. it in depth. And you say towards the end they team up. And it is towards the end. It is yeah. the end. Now, one it's of the my, last act, One yeah. of my biggest gripes is the Birds of Prey are only together as the Birds of Prey for maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, just, I just wanted a little more of, because it's, it's such a cool team. And I really like it. And it's, it's just so odd that they came together because they all just walked in the same room. <laughs> they all just walked in the same room and were like, I guess we're all here now. Let's team up. But like, there was no greater... Thing there. Yeah, there was. And I think, that, like, think when you compare it to something like Guardians of the Galaxy, oh. where they slowly come together bit by bit until the end they've become a unified team. Yes. I think that this kind of lacks that thing where they're like, I guess we just need to be together. Okay. And then they're just together. I mean, it's not that obvious, but they're going for more subtlety, I think, because <laughs> there is a lot of crossover throughout this. And because it is Harley Quinn's story, as she says from the start, and you know, in our last episode as well, we did say it's more about her story. Yeah. Probably should have just switched around the title. Yeah. But yeah. because it is her story and she gives a bit of background from all the other characters and we see a bit of their story and we see the crossovers, we see how they know each other and their meeting. So it's not like it's the first time they've met each other. It's just the first time that they've all sort of converged together. But they have at certain instances been together throughout the rest of the film. But it almost feels kind of like all their path crossing is kind of like inconsequential other than to be like, hey, see, <laughs> they're, gonna, they're, they're the birds of prey. 
And I just wish there, there is one interaction between Cassandra Kane and Black Canary early on. And I think I just need a little bit more of that, I think, to kind of bring them all together. But it, what it is, it's, it's a trend that was kind of like the early 2000s, the comic book films did this a lot. Uh, and I think it's something that comic book movies have kind of moved past a little bit, mm. which is they kind of did like bury deep the, the thing about the comic book that everyone really likes mm. until the very, very end of the movie. And then yeah. finally it's presented. But I kind of think with like Avengers Endgame being in the world, I think that's almost like seems like such an antiquated way to do it almost. Does that make sense? A I, little bit. But I, mm. I, I, th- I do feel that it, that it did have that comic book feel because a lot of the imagery on screen, like you'll see LED marker being written all over the screen. So mm. I, I felt like it was, it was in the comic book world. But without that, I can see what you mean. Like they're, they're not really going 100%. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of Zombieland when um, the, sure. that main character is giving his rules and it comes yeah. up on the yeah. screen and yeah. stuff like that. But Avengers Endgame is the last movie out of many and this is the first movie of The mm. Birds of Prey. So it's like when they split the last two Harry Potter films when it could have just been one. Like they'll have another, a second or a third Birds of Prey and you would probably think they could have just split the first two movies maybe into the one but they've taken a whole extra movie for the origin story rather than just dive into it. We could have probably just started with the second film. See, because I got little inklings of it's a Birds of Prey film by a bunch of people that didn't really want to make a Birds of Prey film. <laughs> <laughs> so they've kind of been like, and then eventually there is, yeah, it's Birds of Prey at the end. Yeah, you but know they know I mean? the draw card yeah. is Harley. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. And like yeah, this yeah. movie wouldn't sell without Harley no. Quinn is the, is the real truth of it, isn't it? So I always thought after that other Joker movie with Jared Leto, Jared Leto that there was going to be a Harley Quinn standalone film. Yeah. And that's what I was looking forward to. And well, then when it came out that it was Birds of Prey, I was like, oh, so we're not getting a Harley Quinn movie? But they kind of did both. We, yeah. So for it, that I'm happy. Because there, there was originally announced a Harley Quinn Joker movie. Mm. And then Jared Leto very much fell out of love with that role because Suicide Squad was kind of cut up a lot and they cut a yeah. lot of his stuff out and he wasn't happy yeah. with it. And they were always going to make a Birds of Prey movie. And it very much does feel like they're just like, ah, oh, stick them together. Yeah. Uh, yeah and bits maybe. of it work and bits of it don't. Because it does, I think, feel a bit like pasted together in, at times. Like I think that there's times where it's, it wants to be like kind of this like Black Mask is an example of like a really good gangster character and this like gritty crime mm-hmm. story about everyone out to get them and kind of a wacky team up movie. And at times I think it's a yeah. little bit at war to edit with itself. Yeah, I must admit mm. like when his character is shown defacing a family, mm. that really came out of left field for me because. Well, <laughs> but here's the thing. They do set that up like Chekhov's gun, right? It's a concept we've talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. If you set something up in the first act, you have it pay off. But it didn't. No. <laughs> it just kind of didn't ever come back. No. And there's a couple of scenes like that that kind of set something up that never really come back. And in fact, Black Mask has a few of them, one of which is when he has like a bit of a breakdown in his club and he, he, he gets a girl on the table and he's yeah. saying, take your clothes off. And then at one point he just starts another conversation <laughs> and it, it what kind he was of doing. never goes back to it. <laughs> it's Yeah, and it's just an establishing shot to be like, hey, this is a shitty man. Yeah, he's a bad guy. then goes into my topic that I wanted to bring up about the feminist angle from this. Mm. And we've got director Kathy Yan, who is the first Asian woman to direct a superhero movie. And she's only the second woman to direct a DC film mm. after Patty Jenkins. Mm. And we've also got a writer, Christina Hudson, who did Bumblebee. Yes. And so with this more female oriented uh, crew, we've got a more 
female-oriented film that is less in the male gaze. I know that Margot Robbie said she was really uncomfortable with what she had to wear in Suicide Squad. Yeah, there wasn't much of it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see a very different change in the types of costumes that all of them are wearing in this. Even in the the animated films, which are supposed to be for children in the series. And they're all wearing, you know, that lycra, yeah, really yeah. tight bodysuits, yeah. very inappropriate. So I liked that they changed it up for this one. But I did notice, and it didn't bother me, but I thought it might other people, that very dichotomous men versus women. And I wanted to get your guys' opinion on that as well. Because like, like do we think it vilified men? With, yeah. Was it a bit too on the nose of like, Females are good, men bad. I mean, not really, because they're villains anyway. I don't see them as any of them as good people. Yeah, good, because that's how I felt as well. And also, given the recent history of Hollywood, (laughs) it's not (laughs) that far from the mind, is it? True. So, so so we talked about Birds of Prey being in the film only really towards the end. Mm. And I think that's true of the concept of Black Mask. Uh, mm. he's Roman for most of the film and then he becomes Black Mask in, in the last scene. Mm. And I do have a point that I think was a, was a real editor's note yeah. in which, because uh, that's a big complaint people had, especially of like Suicide Squad and stuff like that. It's like the main villain only comes at the start. There's one shot of him right at the very beginning where they say Roman. He's also known as Black Mask and they show a shot of him in the full thing, which yeah. I think is to be like, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, he'll be Black Mask yeah. eventually. He'll yeah. be Black Mask eventually. But he is, but he's not really, you know, like mm. he, 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 he wears it for one scene and that's to get the poster. You know? Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. have this superhero, not superhero, super, super villain, villain um, mm. gravitas, I guess you could call it. Well, I, I, I think he did in that, those scenes in the club. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, like he, he's quite he's a good domain, villainous yeah, presence. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Just pop a mask on him. <laughs> yeah. In that scene when he's defacing that family, could have had the mask on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that would have I mean. been scarier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, that's why it makes me feel like they didn't want to make a Birds of Prey film. They're like, he doesn't have to wear it till the very end. Then we were just making a normal film. Wouldn't it, it be could- cool if they actually didn't reveal who he was? He had a voice change and then at the end they reveal who he was. Like, yeah, see, oh, that yeah, something been- like that could have been interesting. Yeah. It could have been Ewan McGregor being like, but people who want to see my face. And that's true. Like, or it was I th- Cassandra. I think that's... <laughs> I think that's true of a lot of like a big movie star. Iron Man takes his helmet off a lot because yeah. yeah. it's Robert Downey Jr. Mm. And you, you're paying so much money for Robert Downey mm. Jr. You want to see his face. Also, what did you think of the ending when Roman explodes? I loved it. I loved it as well. <laughs> so Look, good. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, a lot of the jokes fell a bit flat for me. That one. That was a great joke. Right. <laughs> got me. The whole cinema gasped. Yeah. 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 In unison, it was beautiful. Because <laughs> he just explodes so much. But one one yeah. thing that I did not like previous to that mm. is when all the birds of prey are stuck in this tunnel and they're like about to be swarmed by all the the villains of Gotham essentially mm. and they say Black, Black Canary do your thing and she goes out and does this massive squeal I which have is yes. <gasps> Black Canary uses her powers once oh, yes. like no, it, I know. technically no, no. twice oh. to shatter a glass martini glass but it's it's akin to the Suicide Squad yeah. where Captain Boomerang threw one boomerang yeah. in that movie yeah. I was waiting the whole film for her to use it and I knew in that tunnel scene that when they were running out of hope and they're like narrating oh they've got cassandra oh no they're dragging her to the car Uh, (laughs) and you know that canary has to use her powers i know that was her power so it's exactly how it is in the series it is so that it yeah it was very reminiscent of the cartoon make a birds of prey movie (laughs) (laughs) played with it more 
Yeah, but mm. that was, you know, and that was her character development, I guess, of yeah. not wanting to be that because that scene that she has with Montoya, the cop, about not using her powers like her mum did because she's supposed to be a good guy yeah. and, you know, she but gets my, killed my, for my, it. So I've got a question. Why was she ashamed of her powers? She says generally isn't like her mother but it never really explains. She just didn't want to. Like she, mm. what would it serve? She would have to be a vigilante. Right, so you think it was like she didn't want the responsibility of having powers. Yeah. But that's why I think it would have been fun if she played around with it, like even in like her home or she's using something and you see shattering. Well, I suppose they did with the martini glass. but Yeah, like it's it's signposted, but it's 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 a bit of a letdown to have a, a character that has quite a unique, interesting mm. new power that isn't really that common. Everyone punches, everyone kicks. Mm. She has this awesome power, but they only really use it once. And mm. it is cool when they use it, but yeah. you kind of want it to come... I think More it's often. it's that problem of when you have a power that's too OP, you have to have some sort of restriction on it and that's usually emotional. Otherwise she just would have like killed everyone to begin with. She would have just like screamed Roman away. Uh, None of this would have happened. We wouldn't have a movie. So Well, speaking of convenient things that <laughs> would, would stop the movie happening, did you did anyone notice that all of the villains in the third act, no one brought a gun? <laughs> There's a swarm of people yeah. swarming a compound and none of them have a gun. They all have weird bats knives. and knives and hand to hand combat weapons. Is that very on brand with Gotham though? Do they have guns? But then Look, at the end, it was it all is, the yeah. guys outside that were waiting at the tunnel that had the guns. Yeah. Everybody else went in without guns. Yeah, It <laughs> just then, seems like a so weird strategy to be like, all right, everyone with guns stay here. Everyone that thinks they have a shot, you go in, see what you can do, and we'll be out here with the guns just in case. <laughs> yeah. So there's some things in here that make me think that this movie's been a bit cobbled together and chopped and maybe a little bit tinkered with. Uh, specifically, there's a scene, a really great sequence where Harley Quinn breaks into a police precinct Mm. Uh, with a with a like a beanbag gun, mm. and she's looking for Cassandra Kane. And one of the main things that happens is the sprinklers go off, and everyone is drenched in water until they walk through the magic door, <laughs> in which no one is any like wet at all anymore. <laughs> which makes you think that one of them, and I don't know which, was probably a reshoot. No, characters always do that in films. They're always swimming, and then they come out and they're dry because they need to do the next scene. Sometimes they imply that time is part, like even just a little bit of time is part, but they, it was no. literally like No, a that's a thing that has always annoyed me about oh, really? films. Always. So yeah. the continuity was off. Mm. Yeah, like in, in like a weird, like a baffling way because mm. it's such a big film. You'd be like, wouldn't someone be like, um, quick question. They're wet. Yesterday we were really wet and today <laughs> we're not. Is that a problem? <laughs> and when they're fighting in the holding cells in with all the water, it reminded me of Step Up to the Streets <laughs> when they have that dance scene at the end and they're all sort of kicking around water. That's exactly what Margot Robbie is doing, but she's like dance fighting. I think that yes. Margot Robbie, she's so good as Harley Quinn and she is like the, the main draw that's going to get you in. And we talked a little bit in the non-spoiler episode about how some of the other Birds of Prey were a bit wasted. Mm. Uh, did you guys feel like Huntress had a little arc it was just so quickly resolved with her being like, I'm done now. Yeah. <laughs> she no, but then it wasn't She, she literally announces, <laughs> that's it. Um, I did it. I've got my, my closure. Yeah, because she was such an awkward character that yeah. she didn't re she wasn't really a superhero. She just had a, some really good training. Yeah. And then she was really awkward when people would say, um, that's the crossbow killer. And she's like, no, 
and well, Huntress. Yeah, see, it was this very is the thing. funny. Well, see, I, I thought that fell you flat every time. You, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, like there's a, the joke is always that she wants to be the Huntress. Like, yeah. She wants yeah. to be Huntress. That's what she wants to be known as, and no one ever calls her that. Mm. Similar to, I guess, Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah similar yeah. kind of gag. Yeah. But I, there's something about it, like, I, I don't know whether it was, like, her, her weird line delivered something, but it just, it never quite, I got what they were going for, but it never quite yeah. made I think me I was laugh. laughing at the awkwardness of it now that I think. Because it is a very yeah, awkward yeah. thing every time. It's yeah. always yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was the problem with all the other side characters to Harley that they didn't get enough screen time to develop it. And yeah. Yeah. then it and, would have been a too and long. And it movie. does feel like they try and fit in some character development towards the end. For instance, there's a scene where someone says, You've got a short temper, and she goes, I don't have a short temper. But that is something that's been introduced in that moment, right? Yeah. There. That's not really mm. like she's this cool, calculated killer, and suddenly like we need to give her a character. What is she? She's, she's grumpy and she's angry. But it kind of comes like at the last minute. Yeah, too late. Bacon and egg sandwiches look good in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing. Yeah, wasn't I was it? like, why is she what? Yeah, know. again, like it seems and like the they're, they're going for this really quirky angle, mm. and sometimes it works, and sometimes it comes off where you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like she's, you know, when people have addictions and they stop, usually they replace that with food. So she's kicked the habit of the Joker and she's replaced it with sandwiches. And hyena pets. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the cartoon series, she does have two hyenas. Yeah, I did see so, that. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. So who do you think should see Birds of Prey? A good one for a date night for Definitely. Valentine's Day coming up. And, yeah, if you haven't been on the DC train for a while, hop back on. Yeah. I think it's getting better. Next episode on the cinema cruise, Speedy Hedgehogs and Gold Rings in Sonic the Hedgehog. Real-life drama in a Richard Jewell. A TV reboot with a twist in Fantasy Island. And the Jane Austen classic with a splash of colour in Emma. Until next time, thank you, Vari. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. I'm Cambo, and this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinema.